known by love and becoming a voice of hope are shared with the world every week. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and will join us live on Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, online or at the historic Fox Theater in beautiful downtown Pomona. We also host humanity groups that meet all throughout the city and online to continue the conversation and support you in your ongoing spiritual journey. Find one near you by visiting humanitychurch.com. If you would like to financially support this podcast or the ongoing work at Humanity Church, you can text any donation amount to 84321. Give directly from your phone. Now, here's this week's podcast. Um, Listen, this summer we're talking about um, different animals that we find in Scripture and how we can learn lessons from them. And today we're going to talk about an animal that we find in Proverbs. I, I, I love the book of Proverbs because Proverbs is this book that was written by King Solomon and it's got all these truths and wisdom in it. And it gives us the opportunity to look at things through the eyes of God and, and, and see his wisdom for our life and his direction for our life. And the other thing I really like about it is it's a very easy read. So if you're like, hey, I want to start reading the Bible, but I don't know where to start. Proverbs is a really great place to start because it's simple, it's understandable, you don't have to figure much out. And I mean, maybe that's saying too much about myself, but I love that about the book of Proverbs. But today we're going to talk about um, an animal that I think most of you um, know pretty well. And I think there's a few of you that are like intimately connected with this animal. I personally am intimately connected with this animal. Um, In the book of Proverbs, um, chapter 26, verse 11, it says this, as a dog returns to his vomit... So fools repeat their folly. Yeah, so that's a pretty vivid and gross proverb. That's what you have to look forward to if you open that book. But I think it's actually really helpful to us because we've probably all seen a dog return to its vomit, at least on one occasion, right? At my house, we have this dog named Charlie. I know he's Juan's favorite, favorite person. Um, he's sweet, and he's cute, and he's a little, a little bit neurotic, Um, And we probably love him a little too much, but we do love him quite a lot. And I think that the Garcia family thinks this dog's pretty perfect, but this dog, we've had other dogs, this dog throws up a lot. Uh, I think an abnormal amount, but, you know, whatever. Usually there I am, I'm holding Charlie back, and I'm cleaning up vomit with this hand so that he doesn't get to it, so he doesn't eat it. And on the rare occasion that I don't get there before he does, um, he totally eats it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It, it makes my stomach turn. Yeah. In fact, maybe you're wishing right now that I picked a different verse. <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's safe to say um, that we cannot imagine ourselves mimicking this behavior. Just the thought of a dog doing that makes me want to vomit, right? And I would guess that collectively we think we're too civilized for that. We wouldn't do it. But why do you imagine that the writer chose such a vivid image of a dog uh, returning to his vomit? I mean, we're way too smart for it, right? But this proverb assumes that we do return to our vomit. And in the second line of it, It makes a comparison that I feel is a little shocking, but it says that when we return to our vomit, not if, when we return to our own folly or foolishness, it's the same as when the dog returns to his vomit. So just to clarify, when when the Bible's talking about folly or foolishness, it's talking about the sin 
that, that we sometimes engage in. Um, and by sin, it's like just when you're missing the mark, when you're not living up to the glory that God has for you, when, you're, when, when like the thing that God would have you do is here and you're over here, that's when you're missing the mark. But when we engage in and we keep going back to the same destructive behaviors over and over again, when we're doing that thing that's in opposition to our gut, that's our folly, that's our foolishness. The thing that goes against the beauty and the greatness that God would have us engage in. Hopefully, when we find ourselves in those situations, we repent and we turn away and we do something new, we do something different, we follow God's commands for our lives. Then hopefully we ask for forgiveness and we don't go back. But this verse assumes that at times we go back. It assumes we do again and again and again. Maybe, maybe we say we're going to turn away. Maybe we even believe that next time we're not going to do the thing, right? That next time we'll resist temptation. But for some reason at times we just find ourselves back with our face in our vomit. Can you think of any time in your life when, or anything in your life that you go back to? Awesome. Someone's not telling the truth. I'll give you some examples if you can't think of anything. I'll help you jog your memory. Slander. Porn. Sorry, gossip. Hate. Hooking up with someone. Lying. Overeating. Alcohols. Drugs. Those are just a few drugs. I mean, you might have your own flavor. Um, that's cool. Um, but often I think sometimes we try to explain or excuse these things away, um, and we say things like, I slipped up, because we want to make it like a little more palatable. And so we frame it as a mistake. It's a mistake. We downplay the seriousness of our choices because it feels better to act like it's an accident than to say we just did it, right? But let's be honest, like we don't slip into things. I don't think, like we make choices and often we're headfirst into foolishness. Like physically or mentally, we decided to do the thing. But we don't slip into a lie. This is one of my favorite ones. You plan, a, I mean, if you're a good liar, people, you plan it. You practice it, you, you work it out in the mirror. You don't slip into a lie. You don't slip into hooking up with people. You downloaded the app. You know what I'm saying? Ugh. Or maybe, maybe we say, I'm just struggling. You know, I'm struggling with this thing. But I'm, this morning I'd like you to consider, are you struggling with that thing you know is vomit? Or are you struggling with the surrender and the submission that God is calling you into? Just, it's just a question. You can ponder it. Have you ever considered that the thing you're struggling with is not the certain behavior and that when you say that, you're letting yourself off the hook because the thing you're actually struggling with is surrender? When we return to the things that God tells us are foolish, the struggle is less with the thing and more with our own desire to just do what we want to do. Like how many of you just want to do what you want to do? Not me. I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm a disaster, right? Another way we might explain our foolishness away is to say, I'm just having a hard time right now. You don't know how it is. I'm having a hard time. And um, we say this, and I think we say it because it implies that this circumstance is completely out of my control. 
I'm having a hard time. I don't know what could I possibly do about it. I couldn't make another choice if I wanted to. And I agree, there's definitely hard times. Like the Bible tells us you're going to have hard times. There's trouble in this world. So I don't want to say there's no hard times. But how we choose to act and respond to life is something that we have complete jurisdiction over in Christ. So please don't hear me say that it's easy and you just choose, because it's hard, but it's simple. It's not easy, but you can do it. It's simple. It takes real intention to choose the glorious things that you were made for. I think as a culture, we say, we like I'm having a hard time because it elicits sympathy. Because people are like, oh, I'm so sorry you're having a hard time. They understand it because they're having a hard time. Right? I think it's good to admit when you're having a hard time. But I also think it's good to be super clear about what the hard time's about. It's about the thing you're having time, it's about the vomit, right? Often we say it um, in, in relationship to things that um, aren't working that are self-induced. Like, um, there's plenty of hard times that are not self-induced, trust me. People get sick, bad things happen, those things are not the things I'm talking about. I'm referring to things like, I'm in too much debt, so I'm having a really hard time with my finances. That's a result of choices. Um, you lied to the people you love, so you're having a hard time in relationships. These are the kind of things I'm talking about when you say, um, you withheld forgiveness, so you're sitting in a pile of bitterness. You ate some vomit, and now you're having a hard time digesting it. That's what I'm talking about. The scriptures, because the scriptures guarantee you, you're going to have hard times like I already said, but we take on extra hard times. We load ourselves up when we return to our foolishness. And the thing I love about Proverbs is it gives us this cause and effect wisdom. If this, then that, right? It tells us very plainly, this is like this. It's super clear and easy to understand. Proverbs doesn't make us figure it out. It tells us what's true in a plain way, and I love it for that reason. I like, give me the facts, right? But with Charlie, if I'm paying attention, I had to get back to Charlie. If I'm paying attention, I can see the whole cycle coming. I can see his body getting ready to vomit if I'm paying attention. And it's obvious it's going to happen, probably on the carpet, not on the tile. Because why? He does the same thing every time he throws up, and I know what comes next. I know I need to get there. I need to get him away and clean it up, or he will go for it. And we are not that different. We are almost as predictable as Charlie. I wish I had a picture of him because he's so cute. But if we're paying attention, if we turn our thoughts and our actions, if we're in tune to them, we can see and we can predict the entire outcome. We, I mean, you know when you return to your foolishness, it always turns out the same way. It's not a surprise. But if we don't stop or change what we're doing, if we don't interrupt the narrative, if then we know the cycle. We're going to end up fighting to put our face right in the middle of our own vomit. We fight for it, but we need something to break the cycle. The psalmist says this in Psalm 107, 10 through 16. It says, some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. He subjected them to bitter labor they stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their chains. 
Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through iron bars. And then in Ephesians it says this, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish Vomit chasers, I added that. That's not in the Bible. But understand what the Lord's will is. Look at you guys. Invite Jesus into your vomit. He's up for it. He can handle it. He's like me. He'll clean it up. Invite some people into your vomit. Not because you're having a hard time, because you need some support. You need some accountability. Ask for it. Pursuing a life that's lived in the light is an ongoing endeavor. You're going to be doing it forever. You're not going to arrive. Keep asking God and keep asking community to be in that fight with you, to pull your face out of the vomit when you end up there, because you will end up there. And I know this proverb is hard to hear, and it is meant to shock us. It's supposed to. It's meant to have us look at the fact that when we return to our own folly and sin, it's gross. Out of love, God wants you to have a visceral reaction to your foolishness. So that when you can really understand and see what you're choosing, when you return over and over and over to the same destructive behavior that robs you of life. Hopefully, the image of the dog shakes up our thinking a little and our behavior enough that we choose the light over and over again. That we choose to bring Jesus and community along with us to keep us from returning to the vomit that we sometimes find so irresistible. So in this summer series, um, we're going to take a time after each talk speaker to do a couple questions. Um, and so if you're online, you can join in the chat with Phil on those. But this is the question I have for you guys today. What is the foolish, foolishness you find yourself returning to, and how can you invite God and community into supporting you into choosing life? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope that it was a meaningful experience and look forward to having you listen in next week for another conversation from the heart and soul of Humanity Church. You can find more information about our community at www.humanitychurch.com.